Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. Tunnel to Towers Foundation presents the Judge Jeanine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Pirro. Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. I hope that everyone is enjoying their Sunday so far. It's a wonderful day here in New York City. Uh, but at the same time, it is uh, September 11th. Uh, and for those of us who were in New York City 21 years ago on September 11th, uh, we have memories of tragedy and trauma that was visited upon so many New Yorkers. And uh, it is a reminder of the pain that so many families have gone through on 9-11, more than 2,900 dead as a result of an attack on the World Trade Center. So today is a solemn day. It is a somber day. uh, And it is one where we remember what happened to so many of us and we step back to think where we were when those planes hit the towers and who we lost and what we learned as a result of it. Uh, right now, we are still armed and ready to serve justice with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This week, the Queen of England passed uh, her passing after 70 years as queen, a monarch without a stain. 70 years in public life. Think about that, folks. 70 years without any stain of any kind of a, uh, uh, you know, a problem or any kind of scandal. Uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, left so much for us to admire, even though it's across the pond. She had a front row seat to history, folks. Her first prime minister was Winston Churchill. And she showed us all how it was done with dignity and with class uh, and also with smarts. And she had a sense of humor that a lot of us were not witness to. But those close to her talk about the fact that she was actually uh, a hoot at times. For most of us, she's the only queen we have ever known. And Queen Elizabeth, we're fortunate to have known a woman who epitomized grace and elegance and stoicism in the face of adversity. Uh, You may know this already from listening to a lot of the news about her death. Uh, She was a driver and a mechanic in the women's auxiliary in World War II. Uh, As I indicated, her first prime minister was Winston Churchill. Uh, In her later years, she jumped out of helicopters and she showed her sense of humor by doing um, a little uh, commercial spots with the Paddington Bear. Uh, And she did a clip with Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond. Uh, she loved uh, dogs, the and she loved horses, and I hear that she drove like a bat out of hell whenever she was on her own estate. Uh, she was a woman who understood balance. You know, in America, we talked about women's rights and, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, you know, could women do it all and, you know, women's live and all that. Well, Queen Elizabeth showed us in the 50s that women could do it all long before we even discussed it here in America. She was a queen. She was a wife. She was a mother. She was a leader. And she showed us how it was done. 
I love looking at photos of her riding with Ronald Reagan on horseback two days before her death. She was able to get herself together with that pocketbook and welcome the uh, prime minister, new prime minister uh, in the UK, Liz Truss, with a smile on her face. Uh, and within 48 hours, she passed. We will now watch as England celebrates what was a wonderful life of a wonderful queen. And I think that what we can learn from that is that maybe politics in America, maybe it can get a little more elegant. I'm not sure it will, but there's always hope. There's always something to hope for. In today's show, we're going to be speaking on 9-11, of course, with Tunnel to Towers uh, Foundation CEO Frank Siller. We'll be speaking, speaking also with former U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos about the fact that Randy Weingarten is going after her full throttle and blaming Betsy DeVos for the education uh, losses during the pandemic, which I think is a hoot. And we're also going to be speaking with an outspoken citizen and mother who will talk to us about her experience with the education system during the pandemic. So it's all coming up right here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And uh, we never forget Join Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with the CEO of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation uh, organization, Frank Siller. He is coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining us now is the CEO of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Uh, please join me in welcoming Frank Siller to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. You know, Frank, I can't imagine a better day to have you as a guest than today, 9-11, uh, that, that ominous day that started out so beautifully in New York City. It was sunny. I was there. The skies were blue, and it turned into a living hell for so many people. But it changed your life, Frank, and uh, it changed your whole life's mission. So everyone knows Tunnel to Towers, but tell us how you started the organization. Well, thanks for having me on this day, Janine, and you're right. It's a beautiful day to be on with you to talk about my brother, a hero, who on 9-11, you know, was on his way home to play golf with me and my brothers and and heard the call to duty. He heard the towers were hit. He drove back to his firehouse, got his gear, drove to the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel where it was closed for security reasons, trapped 60 pounds of gear on his back, ran through that tunnel. That tunnel's almost two miles long. He ran through that tunnel up West Street into the South Tower, and while saving others, he gave up his life. And we were so moved as a family when we found out what he did, his heroic actions, and we said, you know, we just want to honor what he did and to make sure that we never forget. Uh, and that's why we started the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. But we also 
wanted to make sure that all the stories were told of 9-11. There's so many, many acts of heroism, and Stephen's just symbolic of, of, of so many. Well, you know, especially in a time, Frank Siller, when, you know, America seems so fractured, what happened on 9-11 is the exact opposite of what, how America, some in America see her today. Uh, there were people giving their lives for other people, people, you know, going in one more time like your brother. But, but Frank, let's talk about the fact that, I mean, you run an organization now that is one of the most well-known um, organizations, foundations in the country. How do you go from a guy, you know, who was in business to all of a sudden running a foundation? And I mean, you're you're twenty four seven, Frank. Let's not let's not fool around here. I mean, you this is your life. But how do you take it to the level that you took it? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, it's guided uh, by our inspiration, which is my brother, but. It also is the inspiration of so many men and women who serve us. And when we saw different things that were going on, like when when uh, when I went and visited a quadruple amputee down in Walter Reed, I said, can we build you a house? And we built a smart house. I said, oh, my God, there's so many of these guys that gave their bodies for the country. We got to build these smart homes all over America. And we've built hundreds of them. When you when Detectives Lou and Ramos were assassinated because they were police yep. officers here in New York, and 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 I went and visited them with former Mayor Rudy Giuliani on Christmas Eve, and I said, "Look, we're going to pay off your mortgage, so you could stay in your house." And I saw the difference it made in their lives. I said, "You know what? There's hundreds of police officers and firefighters that die every year in law enforcement, and we got to take care of all of them." So the decisions have been very clear to us on what we have to do and and the things that we have to do, albeit not easy, but, you know, there is such goodness in America, and that's what oh, we yes. reach out to all the time. And so many people have joined us on our mission and joined us on this journey, and that's how we get it done, by the multitudes. And, you know, we're fortunate. We have big companies that support us, General Motors, Home Depot, great people like uh, uh, Dan and, uh, and, and Gail Danello, who have, have donated a lot of money to us and people who put, listen to this, people who just pay off full mortgages for us. Wow. There's so many of them that do that. And that's why this year alone we're doing over 200 of them. Over well, 200. Let's, let's talk about 200. that. So you went from, you know, honoring those who gave their lives for, for others, 9-11, your brother, of course, being one of them. And then you moved to uh, a police officers when you saw the, the harm and the fact that no one was picking up the pieces of the families left behind. And then you went to veterans, Frank. I mean, you're like a you're like a machine machine at this point which uh, the giving machine it's almost like the giving tree remember that that book we used to read to our kids the giving tree by sheldon silverstein and um I, I mean where where do you get the energy for this i know it comes from your brother but you've got to be you've got to really be on your game and you select people to be the recipients of your uh largesse how do you do that well, look, you don't want to become a recipient of ours. That means you paid a big price. Your family has paid a big price. We made a promise, uh, Judge, that anyone who goes to serve our country or our community, 
and they die in the line of duty and they leave young families behind, we are going to take care of them. We are going to give them a mortgage-free home. And if you give your body for your country, we're going to build you a, a smart home. And it's as simple as that. And now we have an institute where we have classes, we have curriculums from K from K to 12, so we could teach the stories of, of 9-11 and all the acts of heroism. So well, let's talk we're about doing it. a lot, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. This is unbelievable what you're doing, Frank, and I know you're doing it. The genesis is your brother, but you, you're like it right now. You're like a machine. You just keep you keep delivering. Education in this country is a mess, but now you're fighting to get the story of 9-11 into uh, American history in, in education. I mean, why is that even an issue? I mean, we were attacked on American soil. It shouldn't be an issue, but it's disgusting. It's appalling that in, in so many schools do not teach it. It is very sad. It is very sad. But you know what? We're going to turn that around. Instead of me crying about it and complaining about it, mm-hmm. I'm going to do something about it. And uh, and and we're proud of the work uh, that we're doing. So, uh, you people, teachers can download it. So if you don't want to, if if your you, your school, your state, your city doesn't want to teach the stories, and you want to teach the stories, you can download the curriculum right from our website, and you can teach it yourself. And tell us, the, tell us the name of the website. It's t2t.org. You cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. Um, it's just t2t.org, and it's right on our, our web page when when you go there. All right, so I'm t- getting t- beat. I'm getting beat by cars because I'm driving into Fox right now to do uh, America's <laughs> Newsroom. So well, you gotta- we really are so proud of you and grateful to you, Frank, for so many reasons. You know, for carrying the American tradition of remembering those who have given for all of us and for the foundation you started, you know, for being the, the sponsor of, of this show, Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show, and for your never giving up. Frank Silla, the the uh, foundation chairman and CEO of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. And remember, T2T.org, $11 a month will do miracles. Frank Silla, we're very, very proud of you. God bless you, and God bless America. Thanks for joining us. And God, and God bless you as well, Jenny. Thank you. Take care. Joining us now is a mother of four from Fairfax, Virginia, which we all know is ground zero for the education war in this country. She is blaming school boards and teachers unions across the country for the decline in students' math and reading scores. Now, let me make really clear what we're talking about here. Uh, over the last couple of days, we've learned some shocking statistics as a result of the pandemic. And average reading scores among nine-year-olds dropped five points compared to 2020. It's the sharpest decline in 30 years, while math scores decreased for the first time in history, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Now, um, Kristen Jackson uh, is a, as I said, a mother of four. And I'd like you to welcome, uh, join me in welcoming Kristen to the Judge Anine Tunnels and Towers Foundation show. Good morning, Kristen. Uh, we appreciate your coming on. You have four kids and you're not happy with the local school board. Tell us what's going on. So when I go to the school board meetings, they praise themselves and how diverse they are. They talk a lot about social politics, less about how well the academic scores are going, how well the reading that we're reading in math. And it's disappointing 
And the reason why it's disappointing is because we pay a lot of money in our taxes each year for the right. best schools in the nation. And I'm not seeing any results. Well, Instead, it's worse it's, than that. Yeah. It's what you're yeah. seeing negative results. And what did not help with the masking is the young early age. They did not see faces. And it's very hard to learn to read and see their teachers and their peers in learning. And it did not help my third grader two years ago when we started. And he was trying to catch up last year. And we're still trying to catch up and closing the gap. So the mask was the issue in the virtual learning. And so we're seeing the result of that. Okay, it's not, so it's not just so, my kids. It's it's, it's well, it's across kids. the board, clearly. But you know, Virginia's ground zero, and that's why I think uh, Governor Yunkin was elected. Uh, now Governor Yunkin was elected, but but you know, the school boards uh, are now saying that it's not their fault, that it's Betsy DeVos's fault. Uh, but the teachers' unions did you did you feel that they wanted the schools open or closed? No. I don't feel that they really cared about kids learning. They were very much about it's a pandemic. We need to close the schools. Um, Honestly, who cares about the kids and learning? All right. Well, we thank you for joining us, Kristen Jackson, and telling us about what's going on with the schools. And uh, in fact, a mother of four from Fairfax, Virginia, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Kristen Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. This is the Judge Jeanine Show. Now, here's Judge Jeanine Puro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a woman who served as the 11th United States Secretary of Education. Uh, she is a leader and in disruptor and certainly a champion for freedom. Uh, she is the nation's leading advocate for education freedom for students of all ages. Of course, as I said, having served as the 11th U.S. Secretary of Education from 2017 to 2021. And of course, I am talking about Betsy DeVos, so please join me in welcoming Betsy DeVos to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Madam Secretary, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'd like to first start with an article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal. And I must tell you, I I was I was so happy when they actually wrote this article. It's called Randy Weingarten Flunks the Pandemic. And it was a column that was really excoriating in terms of how the United Federation of Teachers or the AFT American Federation of Teachers, uh, President Betsy DeVos did everything that she could uh, not Betsy DeVos, I'm sorry, Randy Weingarten, did everything that she could to prevent uh, kids from going to school during the pandemic. And yet she blames, among other people, uh, Betsy DeVos, the Secretary of Education. And my experience is it was just the opposite. So, Betsy, why don't you tell us um, what your reaction was to that Wall Street Journal publication? Well, Judge, thanks for having me. And, uh, yes, it, it was... Uh... It was it, it, almost laughable if it, it weren't so serious, uh, the fact that uh, those who actually led the effort to keep schools closed, who 
bullied and badgered the CDC to uh, release guidance and recommendations based on their edits and their, what they wanted, uh, the, the teachers unions and all of their allies are the only ones to be blamed for the extended elongated school closures and the travesty that it has created for millions of kids across the country. Uh, Randy Weingarten is trying revisionist history today. Well, you know, uh, she is famous, though, Betsy DeVos. She is famous, Randy Weingarten is, for pushing to shut down the schools. And, you know, I don't think we have to go too far back in our memories to uh, remember that it was the AFT and Randy Weingarten who were actually involved in drawing up the rules for the CDC as it related to schools during the pandemic. I mean, just a corruption at the highest levels. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're, uh, the way they operated uh, threw so many kids into a tailspin. Today, they're, they are never going to catch up that learning loss, uh, not to mention the emotional and mental toll that it took on kids and on families, frankly. I mean, this was a travesty that could have been avoided. It was safe and it was possible for kids to go back to school in the fall of 2020. And, and it should have happened for all kids. Instead, the teachers unions and all of their allies kept schools closed and shut down across the country, many of them in blue urban areas where uh, the kids who can least afford to be out of the classroom were kept out. You know, and the interesting part of this is that we haven't even talked about the consequences. I mean, I just want to make it clear to my listeners that when the Wall Street Journal wrote that scathing piece that, that, that Randy Weingarten, you know, pushed to make sure that the schools weren't open as they collected upwards of $190 billion of it not even being spent to prepare the schools to bring the kids back our children were suffering and right now fourth graders betsy devos are uh, only 35 percent are reading at a proficient level and when we think about it and i'm going to jump a few things right uh, to a few uh issues it, it the kids in the catholic schools the kids in the religious schools the kids in the charter schools they were able to continue their education the kids in florida were able to continue continue their education how is it that americans tolerated a union a union to take away the cutting edge ability our kids have to compete in the future yeah well parents eyes were opened and they saw in the last two years the failings of a system that many of us have seen for decades before this it came into focus like never before whether it was the elongated extended school closure the mask mandates or then seeing their children with dismal efforts and dismal uh, solutions to distance learning. You know, distance learning is a good choice and a good option for a lot of kids, but it's not for everyone, and particularly when it's not well executed. Uh, Whether it was, you know, not robust learning opportunities in in a distance or the curriculum then that uh, that parents saw their kids being exposed to, there is a whole host of failings that families and parents are now aware of, and they're demanding, and rightfully so, 
uh, what I've championed for 35 years, and that is the freedom to take the resources that are already dedicated to their children and put their put those resources and their children in a learning environment that is going to work for them, that's going to be responsive to them, that's going to meet their needs. And this is an important moment for families to take back control of their kids' education. Well, take back control of them. And, you know, the consequences in addition to the education loss, um, uh, the emotional and the psychological, uh, you know, and all of the the problems, especially uh, among some families where there's domestic violence, where there's child abuse. I mean, you know, we can really blame Randy Weingarten for a lot of the violence that occurred in homes because she fought to keep the schools closed. And I know as a prosecutor prosecuting child abuse for years, some of these kids are able to get away from the abuse by going to school or able to get a meal by going to school. And to collect all that money and then insist that the schools be closed and then turn around and say that the the, the Republicans and you wanted them closed? Look, you're an accomplished business leader, Betsy DeVos. I mean, you know, you know, you know your business and it's got to be shocking to you to see how in politics how the world just changes completely that there is no truth anymore well and uh try as she might to revise history um american families have uh, awakened to the um the the fact that the teachers union and all of their allies have continued to control to demand more for more resources, more money for their agenda, and um, and they're not delivering for kids. And so this is the time for uh, politicians to pay pay attention and change policy to support families and to support students and put the focus of K twelve education on individual kids and their needs, not on these adults who are continue to clamor for more and more power and control and, and money. You know, Betsy uh, DeVos, but for the pandemic, we wouldn't know anything about this. We wouldn't know. I mean, we always we thought our kids were being indoctrinated and we haven't even touched the issue of what they're teaching kids in school. But we we just assume it was reading, writing, arithmetic. And then now. You know, we realize that this indoctrination, this idea of, you know, uh, identifying and, 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 uh, sexual orientation and, in, in kindergarten kids, uh, and I, sexual identification and CRT, but for the pandemic, we wouldn't know about it. So I guess there's always a silver lining somewhere in this craziness. That's right. This is, this is truly the silver lining to the pandemic. And um, I predict that we are going to have a sea change in policy uh, sweeping across the states and including the federal level where finally elected officials are paying more attention to what parents and kids need. And uh, as they have realized and it's been revealed in multiple ways, what the system has continued to impose and and continued to try to uh, uh, you know, obfuscate over the years. This is uh, this is an important stretch of time for policymakers to 
uh, change policy to support kids and support families and give them the power of those over those resources, not more to the teachers unions and their exactly, allies. Exactly, exactly. The money should follow the child. The parents should be able to at least identify a place where the child can can prosper and the child can learn. And the saddest part uh, is that the the biggest losses in terms of education and academics uh, seem to be uh, among uh, African-American and brown children in the inner cities. And those are the children that we need to raise up to improve their education. And they suffered the most during this pandemic. So much for the Democrats. And while they're collecting billions these kids are losing. And we haven't even talked about on the international scale when our kids have to compete with China and the rest of the world, uh, you know, in, because we're now a global world. I mean, we're a global business exactly. world. Well, yes. And even before the pandemic, um, vis-a-vis our international competition, we were 13th in reading, 18th in, math, in, in science and 37th in math. Really? Um, as compared to our international uh, comp- you know, competition. And that was before the pandemic. And schools around the world had kids back in school months and months before we did in most places in America. So uh, we know that internationally then, you know, our kids are uh, certainly behind in terms of the, the competition uh, as they as they continue to grow. Betsy, what do you think the unions are doing with the money? Why do you think they're not spending that money? What are they saving it for, Betsy DeVos? Well, I, that's, that's a very good question, and uh, it's a question that should be asked of school leaders in some of the major urban areas where now they're closing schools because they say the buildings are too hot for children. Yeah. Well, they had two years during the pandemic to use the monies that Congress appropriated, which, by the way, we got out the door within 30 days of Congress appropriating it in early 2020. They could easily have had their air, you know, their, their HVAC systems repaired, replaced, updated, whatever needed to be done. They haven't done a thing to actually meet the needs of kids in their schools. Instead, it's a very good question. What are they saving the money for? They're trying to get Congress to extend the time that they uh, have to actually spend it. But it's not going to actually helping children. It's, uh, it's them. You know, they, they are continuing to try to control the agenda and all the resources and gain more and more power and control over the kids that they are supposed to be serving. Instead, they're driving them away, and families that can afford it are going elsewhere. We need all. We need to make sure all families can make that choice if that's the right decision for them. Yes, that that is certainly true, and it you know it is a sad commentary. You get you get people that uh, like uh, Gavin Newsom in California. You know he closes the schools, but he makes sure that it, his kids are going to a school that's open during the pandemic. It's all yep. kind of crazy, and it's all so opposite of what we would expect. It's hypocritical. And me, what do you hope for totally. the kids going forward in this country, Betsy DeVos, in terms of education? Well, I hope that policy will support all families being able to choose the right education for their children. If their assigned school isn't working, they should be able to take the resources already dedicated to that child and take it to a place that is going to work and that is going to challenge and is going to help that child to grow and develop um, in every possible way. 
All right. Betsy DeVos, the uh, former Secretary of Education, uh, certainly uh, setting the facts straight on the Judge Shanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Madam Secretary, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Take care and God bless. Thanks, Judge Janine. Great to be with you. Thank you. It's the Judge Janine Show. This is the Judge Janine Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Bureau. Queen Elizabeth, the longest reigning British monarch, dead at 96. The longest reigning British monarch, 70 years without the taint of a scandal, without any stain on her 70-year reign. A woman who understood that her devotion to country, that her position as a leader was of utmost importance to history, and she respected that role. She respected the dignity of the office. It is something that we just don't see anymore. The queen who, who was queen for most of our lives. None of us really, not that many of us remember King George before Queen Elizabeth, but she's the longest reigning monarch, 70 years on the throne. And she died at her summer residence, surrounded, I understand now, by Charles and Anne, two of her children. You know, when I think about it, Americans can learn from the queen. We fought the monarchy. We fought to get away from Britain. But the truth is that she has shown so many of us how it's done, that a woman can be a leader. She can be a wife. She can be a mother. And she can do it all with class. And she has also taught us that being a monarch doesn't mean that you have to get into the gutter. Her maintenance of her dignity and her respect is something that we should learn a little more of in the United States. Joining us now is the founder and president of the National Black Farmers Association. Please join me in welcoming John Boyd to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Folks, John Boyd is a fourth-generation farmer as well as one of America's most effective defenders of civil rights. He's been featured in the Washington Post, 60 Minutes, Nightline, CNN, ABC News, Person of the Week. Uh, He's a pretty terrific guy, and he is joining us this morning to tell us about something that affects every person. I know you're a busy man, so uh, I, I wanted you to talk about uh, the, the, what you see as a future problem uh, yes. that American farmers say that American sum- consumers are not only struggling right now with soaring costs, but yes. some say that it's going to get worse. Talk to us. It, it, it really is. And, and, and uh, just we're in, the, we're in a farm crisis and, uh, you know, we're facing all time highs for for diesel fuel six thousand bucks for for our diesel fuel for our tractors where it takes a uh, hundred gallons you know to fill up my tractor that's six hundred bucks to pop wow. and uh, fer- fertilizer has uh, tripled last year I was paying four hundred dollars a ton uh, for triple seventeen and this year I'm paying almost twelve hundred dollars a ton a, a metric ton for for fertilizer mm-hmm. all of these costs are upfront costs for the American farmer. And when you do that, uh, you're really putting them at a, a terrible disadvantage. 
And you know, uh, Judge, you know, the land knows no color. You know, just ask me, can I farm? You know, there's no uh, yep. political yep. party. Just ask me, can I produce the food? Mm-hmm. But the Biden administration hasn't done what it needed to do to help the American farmer in this crisis. And because they haven't been active and on top of this issue, the American consumer is going to pay the cost in the form of high cost of food and the local grocery stores, empty shelves and in and, and the coming months. And, you know, we have many farmers that are facing, you know, farm foreclosure, which yes. uh, people like China are, are, are buying our farms at farm auction and, and Bill Gates continues to add on to his 270,000 uh, uh, acres that he's buying. But we're not doing enough to save America's farmers at this time of crisis. All right, this John is something Boyd. something that the, the, the president said he was going to come to the table, uh, Judge, and, and to have the meeting to discuss this. And he hasn't kept his words. So I wanted to say that on the show. He hasn't kept his word uh, to me in a personal uh, buttonhole meeting that he was going to have an official meeting to discuss these issues that are facing American farmers. You know what, John Boyd, uh, it breaks my heart to hear you say that because the people who work with the land, on the land, producing food for Americans, I mean, you are essential workers. I, You know, I hate the idea, uh, as you say, of China coming in and and being farmers. Why is Bill Gates buying all of this land, just as an aside for a second? What's that about? Well, you know, he's running up land, uh, and he bought a a farm that, uh, you know, almost adjoining property to my main farm. And now the land prices in my county have uh, tripled uh, to 10000 and $15,000 an acre, which means the American farmer can't compete with that. You know, uh, it takes a little bit more just to, to make it whether I like it or not. So you have to continue to build onto your farm so that you can, can stay afloat and send your kids to school and pay your bills. And Bill Gates has taken us out of that game. And uh, he's hurting the American farmer. I want to say it on your show. So if he's yeah. listening or his people are listening, He's hurting America's farmers and the people that come to these auctions and bid on these farms is un-American for, for China. So they have them on the cell phone and uh, they have the uh, person they're bidding just on the farm, but they're buying the land for China. I want to say to those persons, what you're doing is very un-American. You know, uh, and, and, and you're hurting the American farmer as well. It, it, it is amazing that another country can come to the United States and yes. then farm our land for the benefit yes. of China. Is that what you're saying, John Boyd? Oh, absolutely. This, this is China buying these American farms. I want to be perfectly clear. John Boyd Jr., a fourth-generation farmer, a very effective uh, spokesperson for the rights of those who farm the land and feed America. We are grateful for you, and for anyone who is listening, it is um, it's black National Black Farmers Association dot org. Yes, it is. Thank you. All right, all right. Take a look at it, folks. Uh, he is a. Uh, It makes a lot of sense, and it's about time we started getting involved in things that really matter here. Thank you, John Boyd, Jr. So America's crime crisis continues. We saw it with a schoolteacher who was kidnapped and murdered, uh, Eliza Fletcher in Memphis, a mother of two young children, by a repeat felon who didn't serve out his whole term. And had he served out his whole term, he wouldn't have killed Eliza Fletcher. And within days of that, an Ezekiel Kelly is charged with attempted first-degree murder 
uh, but pled guilty to a downgraded plea bargain charge, was sentenced to three years, and got out in 11 months. And guess what? He killed four people in Memphis, killing four innocent people because he got a shortened sentence and was out early. Folks, there's something called truth in sentencing. And what that means is that the sentence that a judge imposes must be followed by the Department of Corrections. They cannot let these people out before the sentence that the judge has imposed. I'm sick of it. When I was a judge, I would sentence someone and find out they were out before the sentence was completed. It's time we got truth in sentencing in every state in this country. Find out about it in your state and do something about it. Judges know what the sentence should be. And the liberals who sit on parole boards do it to get these offenders out early because they think they can be rehabilitated. I'm telling you right now, Eliza Fletcher would not be killed if there were truth in sentencing and four people wouldn't be dead in Memphis, the same town, if there were truth in sentencing. I can't believe we're out of time already, but I enjoyed spending the morning with you here on September 11th, 2022, a bittersweet day in New York City. Make sure you join us right back here next week, same time, same place, for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everybody. God bless. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.